Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join me, Madden Chate Jones, and my good girlfriend, Tennille Daniels, for an hour of healing through hospitality as we welcome friends from across the lifestyle and wellness spaces to join us for some good, healthy girl talk. Pull up a seat, get comfortable, and make yourself at home. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. How are things on that side? Things are going really good. I am having a great week. I love to hear it. Yes. In the spirit of great weeks, what are you loving this week? I am loving Essentia water. I I don't know if I'm just loving it this week. I've been drinking it for a <laughs> while. But this week, I decided that um, I was going to go to Costco and get like the big box of the large, I think it's like 32 ounces. It's like mm, a huge box. Yeah. No. 50. There, it's 50, 50 ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. So I've been doing one a day. Um, and it's, you know, ionized hydration and pH balance, purified electrolytes, all the things. <laughs> all the things. But I really like it because it has such a crisp taste. You and know, it's I very, live for crisp water. I know. You're like a water um connoisseur. I was gonna say critic. Oh, critic. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Same, <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Yeah, so like lately I've been noticing that bottled waters just don't taste the same to me. Mm. Deer Park tastes like trash. And I don't know if they changed or if I changed, but <laughs> it's them or me. Sure. Um, I still love Poland Springs, but they don't have it in the big box stores. Like they don't have it at Costco. I don't know about BJ's. I don't have a BJ's card. And Fiji tastes different to me. I don't have money to be buying Saratoga Springs water every, you know, like. Now, y'all, if y'all want some good water, (laughs) you better get that blue bottle. Glass bottle? Mm -mm -mm. I know. I know. This is so bougie. So things that I need to think about because, you know, I have a level of like um, consciousness of the environment. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that just doesn't love consuming bottled water, right? Um, so I'm trying to think about like, if you guys know about any like good, like home filtration systems, I have huge water thingies that I could fill up in the house, but I just need good water to fill them up with. And the filter in my fridge door, it's not getting it like this Essentia. Yeah. You might want to call founding farmers and ask them what their filtration is. <laughs> you know what? When you get a, a glass of ice water from Starbucks, their filter, would be crisp to me too. Yeah, I think I Even got water I go from like, Starbucks the other day, and I think they got it out the sink. But it's it's probably oh. different Starbucks. <laughs> sink water tastes like dirt to me. Like, it tastes like the pipes that it came through. <laughs> anyway, um, it's crazy because then, like, this whole other side of my consciousness is so aware of people across the world who don't have access to water mm. at all. So, like, every time I drink a drop of water, I'm so grateful. Um, just yeah. thinking about the time I spent, you know, doing the work for charity water. It's something that we take for granted you yeah. turn on your faucet and it's there so or even the people in after that yes or even the people in texas who went without water for days in correct a civilized yeah. um society so yeah it's i mean there's water insecurity all over the world it's yeah. not just something that 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 doesn't affect um first world for lack of a better term countries you know um I mean, look at the crisis in Michigan and how long yeah. that, that was going on. And and lots of Midwestern, I mean, lots of cities all over 
the country, um, smaller cities, I think, deal with those same types of issues and they're just not brought to the forefront. Exactly. Food and water insecurity. So, so yeah, while I'm loving my essential water this week, I'm grateful for all the water that flows um, all over my house. I'm super grateful. What about you? What are you uh, loving this week? So in the spirit of authenticity, I'm going to talk about something that I'm not loving this week. Um, I'm sure there was probably something I was loving, but the what I wasn't loving overtook everything else. So <laughs> you all know that, you know, when you think about women and car dealerships or mechanics, there's always something a little tricky that can happen if you don't advocate or, you know, have someone kind of in your corner making sure that nobody's trying to cheat you. Mm-hmm. So last Sunday, I went to uh, go pick up something. I thought I was just going to go about my merry day and my car came up with this transmission malfunction light. So it shut off. I turned it, the car off, turned it back on. The light was gone. Went about five more minutes. It turned off again. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm about to just take this to the closest um, BMW dealer to try to figure out what's going on. Cause I don't want to get, you know, on the highway and then be shutting off. Be stuck. Right. So I get there, they tell me that they'll look at it. They have a loaner, which I was really grateful for because normally there's a wait list and I thought I was gonna have to take an Uber home, which would have been mm-hmm. fine too. But um, so I get a call the next day from the service advisor, who is a woman, mind you. <laughs> and she tells, sends me over the um, bill and it comes up as $900. Now, mind you, they are only replacing a battery, that don't make no sense. And the bill came over as nine hundred dollars. So I was you like, should have went to the Sears Roebuck Garage, it girl. So I, <laughs> I was like, let me call you back because I was going to do my research. Like I wanted to make sure that they were giving me a fair price for the battery. Mm-hmm. So I called some other ones. It's probably in the same range. I did find a coupon for a hundred dollars off of battery installation at a dealer that I normally go to. So I called her back and said, "Would you be willing to honor this coupon?" She said, yeah, she said, the, you know, the bill is 900 because the battery is like almost $700. And then mm. um, the shop fees, the shop fees was $120. I'm like, what in the world? So is shop fees labor? No, shop fees is like materials, disposal of fluids, the, all these other like. Okay, got you. It ain't no shop fees associated with no battery. Y'all ain't in the They will get you. So long story short, I bring her the $100 coupon. She says she'll um, honor that. I question some of the other charges that are on there. When you come in, there's a $160 diagnostic fee off the bat that they say if you end up getting your car service there, it'll come off. When she sent me the bill, it had that diagnostic fee on it. I was like, ma'am, you need to take this off. So we ended up getting down to like 700 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. She calls me and she says, your car is ready. I'm like, perfect. And she was like, well, I was able to get it down to 658. Even better. We went from mm-hmm. nine to 658. Girl, I go pick up my car before I pay. I go to the cashier. I, I'm about to hand over my car. And I'm like, can I just take a look at the invoice? I'm going line by line because, you know, I am a little educated. I was like, let me do my my basic math and make sure Mm -hmm. that this stuff is adding up. (laughs) It's adding up. Girl, the diagnostic fee was still on the bill. And so what I think she was doing was like, she was like, if I'm giving you this $100 off, 
I'm going to keep this diagnostic fee on there, hoping that you don't look at it. Tricky because, business. You know, I, I we started at 900. You're at 658. You're feeling good. You're just going to come in here and pay this bill. Yep. I nicely had them call the service advisor on over there and disputed the bill and walked out paying $520. So it was basically half. Half, almost half, yes. That's crazy. And I you're right. Like if my bill had started at nine something and I got there at six fifty, I would just be ready. I would just swipe the card and be like, good, you know, exactly. I got it to a fair price. That's crazy. So the moral of this story, ladies, is Don't get got. Don't get got. Make sure that I mean, I think you should do this multiple places, not just the car dealership, because there are other industries that I think try to get over on you if they feel like you're not gonna really pay too much attention but view your um your bills this even goes into healthcare as well because they be doing Mm -hmm. some tricky stuff too Mm -hmm. Um, but make sure that you advocate for yourself and you're looking over everything otherwise your good coins are just going out to make these corporations richer Mm. and that's on that and (laughs) and that's when mary had a little lamb um and that's a word with (laughs) tenille That's excellent. Um, All right. Let us get into today's table topic. I am um, really grateful that we have an opportunity to talk about this together. And even though we've moved to our new format where we're having a lot more guests, we thought it would be important that we would still continue once a month Mm -hmm. to just have a candid conversation between the two of us. And so, February, we kicked off with our season opener. And so we're kicking off March with a um, a candid conversation on the March topic, which is community. So February, we were in the 21 days of love. Um, we talked about um, self-love through fear fighting. Yeah. We talked about self-love through holding space for ourselves. And then we talked about leading with love mm. um, with Jennifer um, Lucy Tyler last week. So March, we're kicking off a mini series on community. And so this is our first conversation yeah. for March. Um, and Tanil and I are going to be digging into the topic of friendship. What does friendship look like um, and friend um, groups and, and friend circles look like as an adult? So welcome to season three, episode five, Cultivating Friendships. And this would be the point where I would be welcoming our guests to the table. So I'm going to say welcome <laughs> to my good friend, Madden Jones. Thank you, honey bunny. (laughs) All right, ladies. So we're back, just the two of us, and we're getting ready to dive into today's topic. Um, So let's start at the beginning. Why is it important that we cultivate friendships to you? Um, Like, what are some of the things that you've gained out of your friendships? What are some of the things that you give out of your friendships? Why does it matter so much? Yeah, friendships for me at the core, um, is really around support. So, you know, we always talk about how we're not made to do life alone. Um, Mm -hmm. and for me, you know, your friends are there to support you through the good times. They're support there to support you through the bad times. You're there to do the same for them. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, there to lift you up, um, when you need to be lifted, when you need to be challenged, Um, you know, I I think it's just, they're just there. I mean, at the core of it, it's just the support of friendship. And that's what I strive to give, um, to my friends. And definitely, I think one of the best things that I've gained, 
um, out of the many friendships I've had over um, the years of life. And of course, the the level of support changes as we mm-hmm. get, you know, older. Um, it looks a little different, but at the core, it's always there. What about you? Um, first of all, what you said is it's crazy because you haven't seen my word um, with Madden for this week because I wrote it in a paper notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when we share our notes um, on the computer, you'll have like a sneak peek of what I'm going to be talking about or the scripture, but you literally just uh, encapsulated the oh whole part of the scripture. So we are aligned, my friend. Um why is it important for me? Connectivity. I need connectivity. I thrive off of it. Um, and I know, you know, like you said, we're not, we're not, we weren't created to live like in isolation, right. but then some of us more than others need um, human interaction just because of the way we process things. Some people kind of process things internally mm-hmm. and then they go back and share with, with friends and, you know, whoever. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people process internally, but there are some of us like myself who process things out loud, who need to talk through things to understand them. Um, and, you know, sometimes the feelings are very raw right. And we're, while we're still processing. So whereas someone like Tennille might kind of process, think through, sort through her thoughts, and then come back to discuss with a friend as a sounding board, mm-hmm. someone like me is actively processing as I'm sharing with a friend. So I might be crying, I might be upset, I might be confused. And so if I didn't have friends to process those things with, yeah, um, I would probably just be talking to myself, which I also do. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I literally yeah. have to process feelings out loud. So for me, that connectivity, that um, sort of like ability to be vulnerable and share things with people that I haven't yet thought through, that I'm not sure about, that I'm scared of, um, knowing that I have people that I can do that with mm-hmm. is has been like a huge benefit for my mental health. Yes. Um, and then forgiving, same thing. Like I think that's what I try to give back to my friends. Like I especially in this season, like these last couple of weeks, I have been a listening ear and sounding board for so many friends, close friends, and even like not so close friends that have just felt kind of led to share. So, you know, I don't, God is using me in that way right now. And I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm, I feel honored. I'm glad because, you know, I actually checked in with you about that um, the other day because I Mm -hmm. knew that there were a, a fair amount of people who were, you know, um, wanting to come to you for counsel and to, to have you be a sounding board, me included. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you had the capacity mm-hmm. to do it, right? Because when so many people are, um, you know, gravitating towards you in that way, it takes energy out of you. Um, yeah, and so I wanted to sure. be mindful of that. And I think it's important for us as friends to, um, and I think we've talked about this before, not that you have to ask every single time that you want to, you know, talk to your friend, like, is this a good time for me to unleash my life on you? But I do think that there needs to be some, you know, frequency at which you say, are you in a place right now where you can, you know, accept, listen to, provide mm-hmm. some like, a, like a trigger warning, yeah. especially if it's something emotional, like if it's something heavy, right. I think it is important to to do that, even if it is more frequently, if it, if you have, if you just are in a really heavy season, sure. um, I think it's important. Cause like you said, it's that transfer of energy. Now you get off the phone a thousand pounds lighter and I'm like, Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? Like you take it over. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one thing that I appreciate and you talked about how, you know, you can process um, externally, you know, with someone else or you can process internally. And when you mentioned like me processing internally, I do do that sometimes, but there are times where I'm just calling someone like in the heat of the moment, like this Mm -hmm. is just going to happen to me. Here is the raw, you know, in the moment, I haven't even thought about it, but I need to get it out because otherwise I might blow a gasket over here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's good. And it's a fine line because sometimes if it's a friend that you're more emotionally invested in what's going on with them, their story, their relationship, their family, their whatever, then I think it can be a little bit heavier. I think if it's someone who maybe you're not as close with, who's just reaching out, um, I think it's a little easier to be um, like a little removed se- from it, a little bit removed from the situation and it not really impact you in the same way. So the great thing about having close friends is that we know we can always go to them and talk to them, like you said, and process things in real time. But then when you are close with someone, it's like, wait, I really care about this. Like I'm now I'm, I'm riled up with you. So <laughs> yeah, there's a balance there. Definitely. So let's talk about how do you cultivate your friendships? What does being a friend look like for you? Um, it, this is a complex question to answer because I think it changes. Um, the nature of our relationships change. And as we've seen, the nature of the world can change. Like what does being a friend look like in this season Right, is totally different than had I answered this question when we premiered the podcast this time last year. Yeah, totally different because for me that my answer would have always been get together at the table, eat break bread, eat food and connect and open up. Like that would always be my answer. And now that's not an option. Um, that was my go-to. Like if a friend was going through something or not going through something or whatever, like we would always connect over you know, it doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be a whole meal, but at least a a, a latte and a croissant or something. Mm-hmm. Um so now it's a lot more of like talking um over the phone, which is not it, it, I'm not a big phone talker. It's not my method of choice. <laughs> So it's like, I've been using these voice memos a lot more. Say it. No, I'm, I'm appreciating the voice memos. I love hearing your voice. <laughs> I like voice memos because you can get inflection and all of those wonderful things that you get from conversation. But when you're available to respond, your time, right. <laughs> yeah, a phone call be taking so much like, you know, Ellie be in my face and then work and then love Madden. Like it's a million things going on right. that for me to carve out time to sit on the phone with someone is, is, is tough. Um, even though I will say last weekend, I had two or three long conversations with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one who's in a new relationship and one whose relationship marriage is kind of coming to a Close, transition, whatever. Um, and those kind of things, I think, really require the sensitivity of like a, like a listening ear. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been cultivating friendships through voice memos. Um, <laughs> just touching base, man, like hearing from you because the texts are not getting it like they used to. The text texting is not enough. Yeah. And then sometimes the texts get too long. I do agree that for like the longer text, the voice memo is, uh, is clutch, right? Because you can just 
lay it all out and then just send. And then, like you said, the person can respond to it when they um, have time. Even though, like for me, don't, I'm not going to say don't text me about, but like texts are for just quick, quick mm-hmm. stuff. Like, do you like this dress? What time does such and such start? What's her address? Don't be texting me no long story. It's too much. So, but voice memo also we has- noted. <laughs> You don't do that. Usually be, you text me to be like, uh, I'm about to call you with something in five minutes. Um, but the voice memo has its downfall too. Like I have like left, like recorded a whole long voice memo and then my battery, like 20% like pop-up will come and then it'll get rid of your whole um, voice memo. Or if you turn your phone from portrait to landscape while you're recording, it'll kill your whole, whole oh, voice wow. memo. Or, or if your AirPod drops out of your ear or if you get an incoming call, like it doesn't, it doesn't pause. And then the same thing with listening, like, um, Summer and I be voice mowing each other to death. Summer of Jesus be knowing she'll be on um, the show later this season. And she will leave me like a six minute voice memo and then it'll like stop at like minute four. But I want those last two minutes, but now I got to li- listen to the first oh, four minutes did. again. Yeah, I had to do that last weekend when we were going back and forth in the accountability group. And I was like, this is getting out of control. <laughs> I had to start over like 10 times. Where is the pause button? And you can't like fast forward back to where you stopped. So Apple, if you're listening, which we know you are, um, let's, let's make some improvements. What about you? What, what has, what does being a friend look like for you, especially in this season? Like how do you show up, I guess? Yeah, I, I think it go. I mean, there's not a whole lot of ways that you can show up in this season, given like where we are, right? Um, so you mentioned just keeping in touch via text, phone, group chat, um, mm-hmm. just having some of those touch points. I do think that if you know your friend and you know that they may need some uh, additional connection above and beyond a text or a phone call you can safely, you know, reach out and get together. And I've done that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But just showing up in the way that you know the person needs you to show up. So we often talk about love languages as it relates to our romantic relationships. But I think it's also important to um, know what your friend's love language is as well. So you can, you know, send them something and and show Mm -hmm. up in that way Mm -hmm. if their Mm -hmm. um, love language is, you know, gifts or acts of service, say, I'll do this for you, um, you know, to just kind of lighten your load. So I try to do those things. I'm not going to say I'm perfect in that way. But um, yeah, just really checking in. And if something a thought comes to my mind to send someone something or do something nice for someone, I, you know, try to do that as well, just to let them know that I'm thinking about you. I love you. Mm -hmm. um, And things like that. Yeah, I, I've been in this gift space um, pretty heavy because I'm always in the post office. Shout out to y'all <laughs> for <laughs> ordering from the Love Madden shop. I'm, I'm in the post office twice a week. And so since I'm already there and I can already weigh and label stuff from home, mm-hmm. um, it's like it's not a big deal for me to mail something to someone. Whereas before it felt like so much like the, the, the shipping of it was so right. much effort. I would rather like order it online and have it shipped directly to their house. So I've been putting together gift boxes for friends who I have two friends who are expecting. I have two friends who just had babies who couldn't have showers and things. And so 
I've been putting together like new mom care packages and, you know, baby, um, baby shower in a box, um, nice. boxes. And then during the love series, um, uh, one of the the ways that I challenged myself during the third week, which was loving others, was to think about friends who, you know, I'm cool with, I'm close with, who I know would typically support me, but who hadn't purchased anything from the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me think like, wow, there must be a reason, some, something going on where this friend hasn't purchased anything from the shop yet. There must be, they're either they're busy or whatever. And so I noted um, maybe like seven or eight friends. Um, and put them together a box with all the items that were left in the shop at the end of the month and shipped it to them. And then I wrote them like a handwritten note, like, I want you to have this stuff. It came from the heart. And when I think about loving others, I think about you. Um, and thank you for all the ways you've always showed up for me. So, um, it really made a difference. And I learned that several of those friends just, they were having just seasons where just, it was a lot going on and to get something like that meant a lot to them. So I was really grateful that I felt prompted in that way. Gifts is my least, my personal least, um, whatever love language. So I don't always show up in the gift way for others. Um, but I just saw how much of a difference that it made. So I'm going to keep, I'm gonna make that a habit, I think. Yeah. And again, we have to, a lot of times people want to, we love on people the way we want to be loved or, you know, shown up for. Um, and we really just have to make sure that we're taking time to understand how people need us to show up. Uh, So that's, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, let me stop using that. Cause now I'm getting over, I'm getting tired of me saying it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's the blank for me. I'm not over that. I love it. But my sister's like, God, can you stop? saying that you're such a millennial (laughs) wearing stuff out this is such a side note but at some point I wanted to talk about um this generation z versus millennials with these side parts skinny jeans ripped jeans conversation have you been what do you think it sounds like a no Never mind. I'm going to talk to y'all about it on Instagram because I can't even have a conversation with this girl because she'll never know what I'm talking about. What is going on with me? Am I not following the right people? I don't know. I also want to say this on the air. You left me hanging when Lovey was uh, here with us and we were talking about that Jennifer Lewis order my book. I did not know what song it was. Tennille. Tennille. On the first episode of the Citrus and Sugar podcast that we recorded in my old townhouse, we were singing that song over and over and over. The For the D, I'll do this for the D, I'll do that for the D. And she made a book song about it. And we laughed so hard and could not stop singing it. And then Lovey's on. And now all of a sudden when we got company, you're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Wow, the memory. The memory. I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to argue about this with you and mixed company. You know this song, <laughs> Un- but low key. Until you just said it, I really still didn't remember it. You so still didn't get it. I- I Order my to- book. Oh my god. I need to. Okay. Um, I need to go get some ginkgo paloba or whatever. That is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my memory is terrible. Uh, yeah. That's a whole nother thing. So maybe we are getting old. All right. Let's talk about friend groups. Um, so we know that having a sister circle or like you said, a group chat is definitely a must. How have you balanced managing those different groups right now? Like the, between the group chats and all of that stuff. And how have you, as we mature, um, 
manage sort of dynamics within the group changing. So like your college friends might be a group, but then someone gets married or has a kid and her priorities shift or people go through stuff, people move, people get divorced. Like how do you manage having multiple girlfriend groups? And then how do you manage dynamics like within your groups? Hmm. That's a loaded two-parter. That's a double question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let me start with, um, you know, how do you balance the different friend groups? And I think it really just goes back to, you know, the, like you just said, the dynamic of the friend group. So I have some friend groups where in the, you know, group chat where we talk once a day, twice a day, multiple times a day, whatever. But then I have some that are just Mm -hmm. like every couple days, there's like a little pop in. Um, And so I think Mm -hmm. that that helps because it's not like always so overwhelming. Um, When you have multiple chats going on Mm -hmm. at multiple times, I think it can get a little, especially if you have a busy life. We're adults now. Like we have things going on. We don't have time to just be sitting by our phones all the time. Um, So I just try to Mm -hmm. manage it really by time because it's not like I can really manage my responses or anything like that. Um, but I enjoy, especially in this season, I enjoy like having those messages come through because that is my way of love connection, it. Yes. you know, like right now it, with like, uh, you know, I'm I, in love the house. It. I am in the house. And so there is nothing more that brings me joy than, you know, a 15, 20 minute rant about something with my girlfriends that has just gone on or us dreaming about something that we're going to do post covid you know vaccinations and all that stuff like mm-hmm. um i i just really love mm-hmm. that and then the dynamics of the the friend groups changing that is just again that is really just a whole nother topic could be a whole nother episode um but it mm-hmm. it can be very hard um and i know i'm saying this from personal experience now i may not have verbalized um the shift or the shift that I was feeling to my friends when when we were going through it. But I have had several times where I felt like um, the dynamic of the friendship changed and I didn't necessarily know how mm-hmm. to address it. I didn't know how to navigate through it. So there may have been some times where I just faked my way through it a little bit, even though that kind of sounds bad like Mm -hmm. I still loved my friend and I loved our relationship but it was like I'm showing up for you in a way that I can right now because you know I feel like I have to do this as your friend but I really don't know where we are and what's going on um and fortunately you know I think it was a season and you know we were able to make it to the other side and you know things have you know, I think gotten back to some, a new normal, not, you know, back to where they were. Cause I, I, I think mm-hmm. we have to continue to adjust what our normal looks like. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it can be hard to, to, to manage those dynamics. And then you have to also manage the dynamic between, between the friends in the group. Like it don't, you can be like a third party in the situation, but you right. see that too. the dynamic right. changing between I'm just here. <laughs> Girl, you're never just here. If anybody, I'm going to tell y'all a little secret about your girl. Here we go. Maddie is the ultimate fire starter. She will pop into into the chat, leave a little nugget so that other people can get all themselves riled up and start fighting. Not fighting, but 
start arguing amongst themselves. And then this little, I'm not, I don't even know what to call you, goes quiet. She just did this last week. Quiet. Now, and Tanil is Tanil is always the recipient of my fire starting. Uh, oh, because we were doing okay. Now, now you're again. You always get our like regular girls talk, but we were doing um like out of a friend group, the Golden Girls. Like who was who out of the Golden Girls? And so, <laughs> we went down the list. Maddie ended up being nobody because I don't know why. Maybe she's nobody. It's I mean, only four, nobody. Golden girls. four golden girls. I said I, said I could be Sophia, but I was no one. No one selected me. Yeah, nobody selected her as Sophia. They selected me as Sophia. And um, talking about how you know, I was like, "Why me, Sophia?" And my girlfriend says, "Cause you're bossy, <laughs> a little sassy, whatever, whatever, whatever." Girl, Maddie comes in there. I don't even remember what she says, but she brings. No, it. we then we did living. Si- we did living single. <laughs> and then Tanil got Maxine, and I was like, "It's funny how our other friend, insert name, I'm gonna keep her nameless, right. um, selected Tanil both for <laughs> the sarcastic, <laughs> smart mouth characters on both shows, and then I was gone. Gone. Like <laughs> I, I just think it's funny how that's what I like to start with. That's exactly what she said. And she <sighs> left the chat. Now she was all active, responding, responding, <laughs> responding before that. I was dri- I was driving. Honestly, I was no. driving. Mm-hmm. And I called her out. I said, <laughs> oh, you like to drop these things so me and the person who shall remain nameless can go back and forth. Because me and the person who remain nameless, we do have like a that's what they do dynamic in our relationship. We love each other to death. We really, really do. But um, mm. yeah, anyway, we went on a little tangent there, but Maddie is the ultimate fire starter. It's fun for who, Maddie? It's fun. To, for who? It's fun for everyone involved. <laughs> it's just, it just brings some spice to, the, to the chat. But sometimes it I goes mean, a little too I mean, far. seriously. It can't go far. I know, yeah, Golden Girls and Living Single is all fun, but sometimes people's feelings do get intertwined in these discussions. <laughs> And I can be saying <laughs> that's when I really leave the chat. <laughs> you can, you can. All right, um, so talk about how you balance your friend groups and the whole dynamic. So I feel like I felt a big shift after, like, in my mid twenties, like in friend groups. I just feel like we have all of this availability. We're like we're so our friends are our number one priority. I think in high school, of course. And in college, you know, like college, you start to focus on like school and activities and stuff, but really your friends. And then you graduate. Some people go to grad school. Some people don't. Some people start working. Some people get married. Some people have kids right away. Like all of these things shift right. and you notice it. So, you know, people who um, enter the professional world right away versus people who like we've had friends who have pursued very um, aggressive like um, uh, post grad studies or graduate studies, you know, um, that are like doctors and board certified and have what what do you theses to write and all of these things. And then people went dark and it's like, I'm happy for you, but I was trying to go to this, you know, brunch day party or whatever. Um, you miss a day, you miss a lot. You miss a day, you miss a lot. Knocked out this master's in a year and a half and I'm back, back like I never left. No kids, no job, no husband. I mean a job, but like, yeah, not tripping. Um, 
or you have friends who get into motherhood before others or people who get married before others. And so you feel like, oh my gosh, at least in that age, I felt like, oh my God, these people change so much. Like now she's married and she can only hang out with married people. But then when you get married, you realize like, it's not even like a choice you're making. It's literally just a part. It just comes with the package. Like the married people come out of nowhere and bring you into their (laughs) circle. So you have to like be conscious to like, Now you're invited to couples date night and all this stuff that maybe you weren't privy to before. And then it's like, oh, well, we should host one. And it's like, oh, but what about my, you know, my good girlfriends who are single still? It puts you in a weird spot. So like when you're in it and you look back, you realize like, wow, that's a lot of what was happening in our 20s, which for me didn't really happen till um, my 30s. And so I realized like some of the like resentment or even like, whatever isolation or judgment, which was just me projecting back that I felt for my friends was because we were just in different life seasons and spaces. Um, And so now I think another beautiful thing about maturity is because we've experienced so much and we know that people go through shifts and seasons, um, we're less sensitive. We're less sensitive. We're like, oh, we're we're more understanding. Like even if there is something that happens, it's kind of like, we can be more understanding because this is not all new. We understand that things ebb and flow. Like Tanil said, there are new normals and seasons change and things circle back. But like when your friends are your life, basically, and then all of a sudden they're not, it's if you take it personal. Um, But that's adulting period. That's not just friendships. That's adulting because I'd be taking these bills personal too. Like, Why is this life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we were looking forward to. I know. I'm like, man, when I grow up, I'm going to do whatever I want. Lies. Mm-hmm. Lies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, I, I think we just, I, I'm grateful to have a group of friends that, um, like, that resiliency, like, it's time tested. Like, people still go through stuff and people still go dark, but it's like, oh, I know such and such. That's just how she is. Or I know such and such. Let me check on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think by this age, we should have weeded out those people that have been toxic or um, at least pulled back um, in terms of our connection with some of those people who maybe are going through things that we just don't have the energy to help support them through for, you know, decades. Right. Um, Right. And you just kind of learn where to place those friendships. You know, you love them from afar or whatever the saying is. So I'm 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 in a good space with friends right now. New friends and like my time tested friends. Like I don't feel like I have any friend drama, knock on wood. Right. Cause when you put in the atmosphere, it's like <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any friend drama. I'm feeling good about that. Okay. So let's segue into this. So how have you had to make these adjustments to your friendships? Um or to your expectations of your friends? And what have you learned from that? Like, have you ever had to um, change your your friend dynamic with someone? Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I think the adjustments are all around your expectations. So, you know, you mentioned how life is with your friends in your 20s, where you're just hanging out, you know, doing all the things, trying to live life. And then, you know, one person gets married and you're still single and, you know, just trying to um, figure out, okay, what can I expect out of my friend now that we're in this place in our lives? Um, And I think it's something that you should do, 
you know, I was going to say annually, but you should do pretty frequently to make sure that you have realistic expectations placed upon your friends. Because I think there have been times where I have placed unreal some unrealistic expectations on my friends that I wasn't even doing myself right Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I was expecting people to give me things that I wasn't even putting out in the world so or giving to my own self right because we we talk about giving out but then you also have to give in Um, and so it's important to just evaluate and be mindful and offer some grace in the expectations that you place on your friends. Um, every friend is going to have a little bit of a dis- different expectation because of the space that they hold in your life and the role that they serve. Cause you have, you know, we talked about this, uh, I think, uh, in the uh, prior podcast about different, um, friend types. I think that was the episode mm-hmm. with, um, Kay Alex and mm-hmm. you, know, you have your partier, you have your encourager, you have your, caretaker I don't know what the other ones are but you all know the the different types of friends you have and so I think each of those friend types has a set of expectations that come along with the role that they play and you really just have to be mindful of it and not place like these super high expectations on people who have lives who have families Um, and that's really the lesson that I've learned like People are going through things. People have other things to to do and to think about other than you, Tanil. So don't be selfish in that way and really just, you know, place realistic expectations. And sometimes you have to communicate those expectations because All, you always have to communicate them. That's what I was going to say. Because people don't know, right? People don't know. People don't know unless you tell them. Yeah. You're holding them to a standard that they can't can't even meet because they don't even know what it is. Um, so it's really important to do that. And the, fl- the flip side of the super high expectations is um, super low minimum. expectations and making assumptions. Like I feel like as soon as I had a baby, people expectations of me were so low that I could not do anything that I was not invited to anything. I mean, even basic ass shit that you can still do when you have a baby. Like we didn't invite you to brunch because you have a baby. That's mean. Like I didn't do that. Did I? I don't think so. I think there was something. I don't know. You didn't invite me or you didn't even tell me about any of your birthday celebrations. And I know I was one week postpartum, but you didn't even, I could have at least seen the invitation. (laughs) I heard about them in past tense. That was yeah, crazy. and all, and also we went to such and such. I'm like, who is we? You at least bring me in on the girl. I know you have this baby, but what do you think I should wear? Like you just like canceled me. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're forgiven. You're not the only one. And I that hurt my feelings so bad because you're already super emotional um, when you have a baby, and then you already feel like at least me, the first baby, like my whole life is about to change. And now I'm just her mom and I'm not me anymore. You have all these irrational thoughts. None of those things are true, but you're like trying to fight all that stuff. And then it's further um, supported by like the actions of your friends and all your friends are doing are like, let me not put any pressure on her to have to say no. And I don't want to set too high, like you said, high of an expectation, but um, all they call you and ask you, how's the baby? And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still me. So let's not do expectations or assumptions and let's just communicate because sometimes we want to look out for people and then um, 
it ends up hurting them feelings, their feelings. So I always say, just give me the option. Just let me say no. Let me tell y'all something. That let me give, I mean, give me the option applies in a lot of different um, yes. <laughs> situations. Give me the option to decline. Romantic <laughs> relationships. All of those things. You give me the option. You don't make this choice for me. For me? Thank you. But then Kay Alex said, I don't know if she said this when she was on with us or if this was on Babies and Bellinis. If I give you the option more than two times and you decline, you're not getting your third invite. That was cutthroat. That was cutthroat. (laughs) I think the communication is key. If you decline and I know you're in a crazy season and and I already knew you wasn't going to come, then I'm not going to cut you off. But I do agree. If there are people that you're inviting to your house every time you have a game night or a, or a, or a fight party and they never come, we're we're gonna slowly fade you to the black and and add our new uh, friends. Right. We're making friends with neighbors and uh, you know other couples. Like we we giving up they slot. We're gonna invite the uh, the Thompsons. <laughs> they seem eager to join. Uh, when COVID's over, you need to have a game night with that uh, and invite that man from across my the neighbor. Street. I know. I seen him the other day. I was like, hey, he was, how you doing? It was cold though. So I just <laughs> kept it rolling through, but I, I was at least trying to make some connection and get him over. His last name. Um, I, I don't even, I don't even remember his first name. Mm. We're going to get there. Um, okay. Have you ever experienced a breakup with a friend? Mm. Mm. You know, say yes um it was a a college friend Uh, I think I would call her wait let me not minimize this she was my college best friend um Mm -hmm. and we had a falling out I don't really remember what it was about but I do feel like that was a breakup and I had to grieve a little bit because um as you mentioned you go from being in college, right, to mm-hmm. I went straight to grad school and I went to a totally different area where I didn't know anyone and I had to make, you know, a new group of friends. And so it made the breakup feel even that much harder because I didn't have, I, I did have friends at that point, but I didn't have the closeness of like that best friend to really like be there as I was going through this new transition um, mm-hmm. but the, the good thing is, and this is just like in romantic relationships as well, when one person leaves, you don't hurry up and get up under another person, but mm. you, can, you know, explore and, and, and be open to new possibilities. And I was, I did that. Right. So I think because I was, I broke up with, you know, my college best friend, it opened up me to the possibility of other best friends. And some of those women are still you know, my closest friends to this day. So um, breakups can be hard. And, you know, it, it really, any relationship breakup, whether it's with your family or your lo- your friends, mm. there's a grieving process there. Um, I am, you know, happy to say that me and the college best friend, we have, you know, come together. We're not super close like we used to be, but we still communicate every now and then, check on one another. So I think Good. the circle of life, it, it, it happens. Yeah. It, sometimes with friendships, there's that breakup to make up, just like with mm-hmm. boys, you know, like you break up, but then it's gray area. Are we still cool? Whatever. Or it's a falling out, but then it's, oh, I miss you. You know, so we can circle back. But then, like you said, a lot of times there's a new normal because right. we don't, you know, we forgive, but we still know don't that forget. there's a shift. We don't, we don't always forget now. 
Um, so yeah, I think the same for me. I've had friends where I have fallen back. I don't, I'm sure I've had a breakup, but like just some of the ones that I've, I'm thinking of, um, a couple where I've just felt like, it's just been a dramatic fallback. So it was never like a, we don't speak mm-hmm. that I can think of, but just like some, mm-mm, this person showed me they true colors. I'm, I'm, I'm falling. I'm good. I'm falling back. Um, and then when you do see them, it's like, okay, hey, how's it going? Whatever. But it's a marked difference in right. communication and outreach and yeah, effort. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. lastly, we've talked about this before, but I think it's always a good um, question to bring up because people need this as we're continuing to get older. Um, how have you made new friends as an adult? I make friends easy. You do. Um, I think it's just because I'm a talker. Yeah. And I always like, I got this from my husband. Like I assume positive intent Mm -hmm. and I I, I don't, I don't think somebody is like being shady towards me or negative towards me, which this can, this can bite you in the butt because then you realize like down the road, like, wow, this person wasn't even down for me this whole time. But for the most part, I really just assume like good things. and so, yeah, it's just super easy to make friends. And then I'm I, I'm not like a deep, deep friend. So uh, with a lot of people, I just have very few, you know, so it's easy to make friends because it's just there. It's not that much maintenance. I'm not diving into friendship. Some people, Go I will say this quickly. Some people would turn me off because I'll do my typical like, hey, girl, check in, you know, a couple text messages. Let's exchange numbers. Sure. Let's have brunch sometime. Let's go to happy hour. You know, and and that's that on that, as Tennille said. And then like a month later, the person will be like, oh, I haven't heard from you or, you know, I was going through something. You didn't check in. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I, I hate that. I hate that. And I'm like, I don't now I don't want to be your friend altogether because you're giving crazy. So I have had some like fatal uh, attraction type of friends. But for the <laughs> most part, it's simple. Like I make friends on Instagram, in the grocery store, at church, just wherever. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm not like you, uh, you know, in, in that regard. Um, it takes me a little longer to um, build friendships or to make friends. But I think what I'm learning is that in my adulthood, when I'm doing things that interest me, those provide opportunities for me to make friends. So when I'm serving at church, the people that I'm serving with, you know, have now become friends to me. Um, it's really just about doing things that you enjoy. And then if you find people who share, you know, same, those same interests or align with your the, your values and, and where you are in your life, I think those provide those um, opportunities for friendships. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how I seize them. I'm not someone... Although I think I'm a very amazing person. I don't have a, um, like that inner, I think some people just have that like energy where people are like instantly attracted to them and their aura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That ain't me. But, um, you know, it, I have been able to do it um, a little bit slower. Um, and I think it's fine. Like, I'm trying to think, do I have any new friends that I'm like super invested in right now? Probably not, but I'm okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would say I'm super invested, but like another thing I realized is I've been making all my friends don't have to be black women. Now, as a married woman, I'm not 
like making like accepting new male friends, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, some of like my husband's friends and stuff, like I'll become friends with, or we'll have conversations, or you know, men that I work with, you know, more of like a brother kind of situation, um, or that we worship with, or stuff like that. Like, yeah, but I don't like pigeonhole myself. Like now, I, I have friends in their sixties, mm-hmm. um, you know, o- older women who I look at like aunt and additional mom figures that are like my friends. Like I'll literally just meet up with them or we'll, um, I have a friend, she'll come, um, in the summer, she would take walks with us and we would take the baby strolling or whatever. She was expecting her first grandchild. And she's like, Oh, you know, talking to me about baby stuff. And, um, I have a, a, a really good friend who is a white woman in her late fifties. That's my dog. We was on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes last week. Um, oh. which is it's like crazy long to me, but like just talking about like race and, generational stuff and I just learned so much from her. So yeah, all I'm I'm I just I just love soaking up. I, I like talking. So you know, I guess that's and part there of there it. it is. There it is. That's what <laughs> it is. I love the connection. <laughs> when it comes down to the core, it's uh it's the connection. Yeah. And I, I mean I am a firm proponent that, you know, we learn from each other, we lift one another, we do all those things by sharing with one another. So those conversations are really important. And if, yeah, you love talking, um, it just provides many more opportunities um, for that to happen. You love, you love talking and you love people. So that's like the Mm -hmm. ultimate combination. Yeah. All right. So before we move to a word with Matt, and I just want to say, Tennille, I I so appreciate our friendship. I love you. I'm so grateful for how you've shown up for me, how I've been able to show up for you, for all of our travels, for all of our business ventures, for all of the maybe 20 birthdays, close to 20 birthdays that we've celebrated <laughs> together during our birthday weekend. We got a lit one coming up this year. I cannot wait. Um, so yeah, I love you. And I honestly, I consider you to be more than a friend to me. So you're never going to be able to get rid of me. Thank you, boo. I love you. Same, same, same. Um, it has just been a pleasure for me to, um, do life alongside you to be there to experience your highs and, you know, some of your lows and, and you've been there for my highs and my lows and, um, you know, there's there's still more for us to to journey alongside one another on. Um, and I'm just looking forward to what that looks like for us and how we'll be able to celebrate um, on the other side of it. So me too. I, I always say I always say that like I, I always looked up to Tennille and then Tennille was saying, I always look up to you. It's kind of like weird, but like I got my master's of public health because of Tennille. I bought my first house because of Tennille. Like she's like such a bomb woman and so and yeah I love you sorry just really Mm -hmm. quickly so yes in my like early 20s you know I was the one of the friends that people were looking up to because I was doing all these things and now as our life has shifted a bit I look up to Maddie and I'm you know trying to emulate some of the things that she's doing as a wife and a mother um and uh, and a businesswoman Mm -hmm. um and so it's okay for those shifts to happen, right? I can, we had shirts, we went to see Oprah one year and this is getting long, so I'll be short, but we went to see Oprah one year and we had (laughs) um, shirts made that said, um, she's my Oprah, I'm her Gail or something similar to that. And I think that there are- That's what they said. Mm -hmm. There's, there are times when that is applicable. Sometimes I'm going to be Oprah 
and Maddie's gonna be Gail, and sometimes Maddie's gonna be Oprah, and I'm gonna be Gail. But we're all gonna we're gonna both win at the same time. So yes, and we both we both wore the exact same shirt that says "She's my Oprah and I'm her Gail" for that reason because yeah. like yeah. I love that. Oh, we have so many memories. I forgot we went to go see Oprah. Yes, I got a high five from Oprah. Like, I was so excited. And they put us in the front row, you guys. They did, because we look cute. Because we, <laughs> like, we were too cute. Color. We had, like, bright colors on. We were giving that aura. Um, yeah, Oprah looked me in my eyes. It was good. Was. All right. <laughs> and now it's time for A Word with Madden. I had a little bit of a challenging time selecting one verse this week because the Bible has a lot to say about relationships, friends, and friendship, um, especially in Proverbs. So if you guys want a list of some of the really great ones that I kind of meditated on and thought about last night as I was preparing, I'm happy to share that. But I landed in Ecclesiastes. So in chapter four, verse nine, it says that two are better than one. And then verse 10, Ecclesiastes 4.10, which is the scripture for this week, says, if either one of them falls down, one can help the other. So here's my thought. It's really about balance in friendship. And this is a perfect segue to what we were um, just talking about. The scripture says, if either one of them falls down, one can help the other. It doesn't say, if one of them falls down, the other can help. If either one of them falls, then the other one right. can help. Um, and then it says, but pity anyone who falls in verse 11. Pity anyone who falls and has no one mm. to pick them up. So there are times where we can be in a friendship, in a relationship, but we don't have someone to pick them up because we're always the one doing the picking up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we need to evaluate our friendships. Do you have friendships where you are doing all the picking up? Or maybe it's the other way around. Um, I think it's important for, for us to ask ourselves, for me to ask myself, have I been a good, reliable, and reciprocating friend? Um, do I ask and listen to what my friends need? Um, do I learn how I can serve my friends um, so that I will be there to pick her up? Sometimes it's not always obvious. Um, we hear about people who go through things and the closest people to them are like, I had no idea. I had no idea this person was you know, thinking about taking their life or no idea this person's relationship was falling apart or no idea that this person um, was having issues on their job. So I think it's important for us to not just think about what can my friends do for me, but let's pick one another up. So here's my practice um, and my challenge point for this week for myself and for all of you who want to take this on. Um, this week, let's take a good look at the season that our closest friend is in. Mm -hmm. So think of a friend, get her in your mind, and just focus on what season she's in. Not on what is she doing for you, but what's going on with her. And then let's identify one way that we can pick her up, and then let's do it. So that's my challenge for the week. I love that. And I think it goes along with the episode um, that we just had with Jennifer Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about servant leadership, but I think there's also an opportunity for servant friendship. It's not, friendships Good. are not meant to be selfish. What can I get? I get, I get. It's really, what can I give? So, yeah. And so many of the scriptures that I reviewed over and over again talked about how two are better than one and a cord of three can't easily been broken and why it's so important for us to have community 
Um, and it's always talking about reciprocal, like friends can be there for each other. Iron sharpens iron. Like there are endless proverbs about how we can both ways do for each other. So sometimes we evaluate our friendships and say, oh, I'm not getting a lot out of it, a lot out of this. So I'm cutting this friendship. But how about we can say, I'm not putting a lot into this one. So how can I do better? That's the challenge. And that's the word. And that's All the right. word. It's now time for the question of the episode. All right. So today's question is, what is one of the first lessons on friendship you're going to share with your child? I think the one of the first lessons on friendship that I will share with her is... Mm, gosh, so many. And I'm trying to think of what's appropriate. She's getting ready to start daycare. Just to be kind. Just to be kind to others. Um, my my daughter is very sweet. She's a, she's a lot like me. She's very friendly. Um, I think one that my mom taught me early is like every all your classmates aren't your friends. I'm like, they're my friends, the whole class, you know. I need to invite everyone. Everyone's my friend. And so it wasn't in a negative way, but it was kind of like, okay, Maddie, you need to evaluate. Like, who are your, who are really your friends? So, I don't know if she's ready for that one just yet. Maybe when we get into like second and third grade. But for now, I think one of the first lessons I'm going to start with are to just be kind. Be kind to boys. Be kind to girls. Be kind to uh, adults. And and you know, just be kind to others. You never know who, how, and who you can make a friend with. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that. Um piece about everybody's not your friend is one thing that I was going to um, use as my response. And it was really, mm-hmm. you know, in a very like age appropriate term, mm-hmm. quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is something that we have to keep reminding our children. Like you, you do see these people who have are so popular and they have, you know, they seemingly have 10, 15, 20, 30 different friends. Mm-hmm. There are differences between a friend and someone that you know, um, and yep. it really is based on how they treat you and how you treat them. The other thing that I was going to say is the importance of sharing. So we used mm. to get these sharing um, stories, you know, when kids have their little playmates come over and, you know, share your toy with your friend or your sibling, right? But I think it starts that reciprocation um, concept with kids as well. You can give, you know, your friend a toy and share your toy with them and your friends should do the same in turn for you. So that would be my lesson. Go ahead. I think another good one, I've heard two of my friends, actually three of my friends who are boy moms, all their boys are now eight, uh, between seven and eight, say, say to their sons, like your friends wouldn't be mean to you. Like that's not your friend, son. So I think that fits with the, um, everyone's not your friend. Sometimes we raise our children to be so gentle, especially with our black boys. We want to like not make them all hyper-masculine and we raise them a certain way to, you know, be kind and do all of these things. And then they get into these school situations and like other kids will, like I have one of my, my, my play nephews, a little boy took his snow boots off his feet. And he was like, well, maybe he wanted some, yeah, maybe he, you know, maybe he, this when he first started kindergarten, maybe his feet were cold. And his mom was like, "Mm -mm, that's not your friend. He's not going to take your snow boots off your feet and leave you out with your 
you know, your socks on. And so I don't know if the other kid had any malintent, but our kids starting to like place that discernment in them. Like just because someone's in your class doesn't mean you're, it's your friend and not accepting toxic behaviors for our boys and our girls um, as okay in friendships. You know, if someone's mean to you or calls you names or they're, they're nice to you in class, but then they're poking fun at you at recess in front of everybody, that's not your friend. Or, or, you know, they're nice to you on play dates, but then they don't invite you to their birthday party or whatever. They treat you meanly in the cafeteria. Like we, you can't just accept any old kind of behavior. So I think that's another one that I've heard some of my boy mom friends say have happened to, like I said, at least three of their sons, just mean stuff that boys were doing to each other that it's like, we don't have to accept this bullying behavior as friendship, even in, even in a five-year-old. Yeah, and that just quickly before we end, my grandmother always says, if somebody can't take you out in the light, they don't need you don't need to be with them in the dark. And Come on, grandma. <laughs> grandma was saying that in in another way. But I'm saying it, it another way. <laughs> it was it it can hold true for your friends too, right? Because you do have some of these um kids who they're the, the they're your friend when it's just the two of you, but when they get out in public, they treat you a different way. Um, yeah, and, uh, hitting on you and all this mean stuff. Uh-uh, we're not doing that over here. That's an important lesson. Well, this has been a amazing conversation. Um, I have enjoyed it. I hope each of you have enjoyed it as well and that you take something that will help improve your friendship with your good girlfriends or even your guy friends if you have those two. So we love you. And have, have a you. great week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Show us some love and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Yes, and then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N. And connect with me at Tanil Daniels. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E Daniels.